This is Stephen Nolan, Managing Director of the UN Environment Financial Centres for Sustainability Global Network. Today I'm here with Dr. Colin Hunt, CEO of AIB, and we together are recording the first podcast of the SIF Ireland ESG series. Colin, we're delighted to have you here with us today. I hope you and your family are keeping well during this period. Thanks so much indeed, Stephen. It's a pleasure for me to be here too. This is my very, very first podcast, so it's a, it's a bit of an, an inaugural event in many, many ways. Uh, but I really, really appreciate the invite and all good in my household, and I hope the same applies to yours. Thank you, Colin. And look, it's my first podcast as well, so let us see how we get on, and I'm excited about Amateurs it. at large. <laughs> exactly. Colin, you know, what we've seen in the past number of weeks is the importance of us as a nation, as a society, as a community, working together in this challenging time and look if i may before we get into the topic of esg but this is around esg and it's the s in terms of society aib it's very clear to me and others have played an incredibly important role in the state's reaction and actions to society as we overcome this could you give us a little sense of what these last few weeks have been like for you as a leader of the institution and as the institution itself please Colin. Well, thank you, Stephen. It's It's been a pretty frenetic few weeks, to be absolutely honest with you. We've um, had a situation whereby we had to change our ways of working. We had to change our products, our procedures and our policies and in a way that we'd normally plan for 12 months to do. And we had to make all those changes in the space of, of a matter of days. From a product perspective, we obviously introduced a suite of payment breaks. And that was done very collaboratively right the way across the industry here in, in Ireland with all the retail banks involved in that. and worked really, really well and, and at pace and ensuring there'd be the right products out there to support our customers and support the economy. That initial three-month payment break has now been... We've now the possibility of extending that out uh, for a further three months to give people six months of breathing space as we all come to terms with the implications of COVID-19. And from an operational perspective, we would have moved from having a handful of people working remotely to having over 7,000 people working remotely as we abided by the new and necessary restrictions introduced by government. That is incredible. That's the first time I've actually given that thought. You're correct. 7,000 people all having to be kitted out and working from home. From my perspective, looking in, phenomenal achievement. You and, as you said, the other suite of banks across Ireland have played a, a key role in, uh, you know, as we've all gone through this period and actually allowing people that space to work from home, to get things right uh, within their own households. So that's been absolutely fantastic. But I do think, Colin, as well, and, you know, again, I'm not surprised in terms of the leadership that you brought to this, because I know in our previous discussions, since you uh, have been in the CEO role on Climate Finance Week last year, you have placed great emphasis on the environmental, social and governance agenda. And actually what you just described there is is a key part of that social uh, side of the ESG agenda. And again, I know you have been talking about it. I've seen the Green Morgan, I've seen other things come out, but you've really, in the face of actually something that is happening in real time, you've really stood up and you've really faced into that social part. And again, to this point, quite successfully, and we will see what happens over the coming months as we and, and the rest of the world obviously battle this, this pandemic. But if I can then actually just take it a little bit further, Colin, if I may. So as a great example to open up with, your focus on the ESG and and the S within. But from your perspective and and that leadership seat, what are the main drivers behind AIB's ESG focus, please? We're merely reflecting a global phenomenon that's currently underway and has been for many, many years. And that is an expectation on the part of the various stakeholders that are involved in corporate life, an expectation that companies, regardless what sector in, will be conscious not only of financial imperatives, but also of the need to be good corporate citizens. 
And that is very much captured in the ESG agenda. And if you go back, we'd say 10, 15 years, our external stakeholders were largely sort of seen as our shareholders and almost exclusively our shareholders. And their primary focus at that point in time was on financial outcomes. But perhaps as a consequence of the financial crisis, the number of stakeholders was increased, sort of the universe of stakeholders. But very, very importantly, the concerns of shareholders as an important stakeholder have become far, far broader. So they not only want to see companies making a positive financial impact, they also want companies to behave in a way that is responsible and conscious of long-term aspects to all the decision-making that it engages in. So, so when we mention sustainability, uh, we, we, we far too frequently uh, revert to thinking of sustainability as a green issue. Of course, it's a hugely important component of the sustainability agenda, but it isn't the only component. There's a far, far broader set of topics involved in sustainability. And I look at it in a really broad way. How do we make our business truly sustainable into the long term? And if it is going to be truly sustainable, it has to be responsible. It has to take a long-term approach. It has to be progressive. It has to drive equality. And it has to ensure that it is doing its utmost to protect the precious limited resources of the planet we inhabit. You know, I've seen you speak in a, a, a different fora and you use the term that I've always been very attracted to. You've used the term social license to operate. I've heard you say that a few times. Is that what you mean by that, Colin, when you say that? Yeah, um, we don't, like, like the, 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 there are key underpinnings of a bank's strength. One is, obviously, it's balance sheet, it's capital position, the quality of the, of the assets that sit on that balance sheet. But there's also equally important determinants of a bank's success, the quality of its people, but also how it actually impacts on society in the broadest possible way. I'm very conscious of the fact that this institution, like many other institutions around the world, required very significant support from the citizens of the countries in which they operate in order to continue operating during the last great economic crisis at the end of the 2000s. And that made it imperative for banks and for other companies to focus on a broader set of parameters than simply financial parameters. If a business is to sustain itself, if it is going to maximize its contribution, it needs to take account of the fact that it doesn't only have a regulatory license, that it also has a societal license, a, a license to act on behalf of all the stakeholders it serves. And it needs to be deeply uh, uh, conscious of the breadth of that array of stakeholders. You know, you've heard me say it uh, on, on more than one occasion. I, I am deeply conscious of the fact that us as a generation have to ensure that we do not lead to a situation or do not accede to a situation where we hand this planet onto our children in a worse state than was handed to us. And I think that is actually at the very, very core of the social license and true sustainability. Okay. And actually, if, if, I, if I may then build on that, Colin, and I know, as you said, it's, it's not just about the EU, the environment in ESG or the climate action, but pre-COVID, again, from, from the perspective in the market, under your leadership, AIB was and had been very clearly identified as leading the charge among the, the banking sector in Ireland, both domestic and international, on the sustainability agenda. And that was pre-COVID. Now, I know we're only eight or nine or ten weeks into COVID in terms of our impact, but has that focus changed? Will COVID impact on that focus? What, what's your perspective, please, on that, Colin? 
it's interesting. I, I think that the pressing issue at hand now is dealing with COVID and dealing with COVID as it presents itself. Task one was cope with the turbulence created by this. I think we've come through that. Task two is stabilization. That's, I think, where we currently are. And then task three is assisting the recovery. So that is the unremitting focus at the moment. It's very much addressing the immediate challenge presented by COVID. But COVID is going to have a really interesting impact on three long-term secular trends, I believe. This is my thinking as it currently stands. I believe that for the past 10, 15, 20 years, the world has been on a secular trend where we've seen increased importance uh, being given to the digital agenda, increased importance being given to flexibility in terms of employment and increased uh, access to remote working, and increased importance being given to the whole sustainability agenda. And if anything, COVID is going to move those three secular trends onto a steeper trajectory. It's going to advance the cause of flexible working. It's going to advance the cause of digitization. And without question, it is going to move sustainability further into the center of everybody's agenda, including the business world's agenda. So COVID might, you know, COVID might be the near-term priority. It might be the near-term preoccupation of, of all of us. But it is, does not in any way derail the medium-term imperative of addressing the sustainability agenda uh, cogently, convincingly, and powerfully. It accelerates the need, but I think it also accelerates the speed at which we can actually move in addressing these challenges. Yes, I, I completely agree with you. And from my perspective, uh, and what we're already seeing in the market, there is going to be a surge uh, on this agenda, and it's going to happen in the near future on a call earlier this week with the European Commission, what they made very clear is that they see at the heart of Europe's economic recovery on the back of COVID is the new Green Deal. And within that, the mainstream and the acceleration of the mainstreaming of sustainable finance within that. So I, I completely agree with you, Colin. And that's what we're seeing at a regulatory and policy level, the highest levels within the European Commission from the president of the European Commission as well. If I can then maybe take a little bit of a, a deeper dive, Colin, if I may, I, I I'd be very keen to just get a sense of an example or two, if I may, of the type of things that you're doing uh, as AIB within sustainability. I can remember last year, Climate Finance Week, supported by AIB, you got the green mortgage away. But that was one example of a lot of things that are happening under your watch within AIB in this agenda. Would you mind, Colin, just give me maybe an example or two? Yeah, um, like we, we, we've, been, we've been keen to be, to be, to be supportive as possible of uh, the whole sustainability agenda, and we would have been founding signatories of the United Nations Principles for Responsible Banking. We have made it clear we wanted to issue a green, a green bond in the near future, notwithstanding uh, COVID-related issues, that that certainly continues to be our, our attention. And we are working on a broad array of products that will be supportive of the sector as a whole. But it's more than an aspiration. It is now reality. And yes. uh, the team here, the, the, the climate action team here, the part of, of our balance sheet that they're responsible for is the fastest growing part of the bank's balance sheet at this point in time. So not only is it good for the planet, it's good for the bank. And it's a very stable part of the bank's balance sheet in terms of its, of its credit dimensions. Something that really, really stands out when the world is going through such a difficult time as it is now. It doubled in 2018, it doubled in 2019, and it will be the fastest growing part of the bank's balance sheet over the course of the next number of years. So, you know, it, it is possible. This is demonstrating more than ever in the current environment. It is possible to do what's right for the planet while unquestionably doing what's right for your institution 
and not only in environmental and societal terms, but also in financial terms. That, and that's a great statistic. And, and knowing the team and the leadership of that team, Colin, I'm not surprised. But it is, when you put it that way, it's quite stark and it's quite remarkable to see where, in terms of your balance sheet, that is. And I, and I can remember last year, Colin, you know, as you said, you travelled in September at the invitation of the UN Secretary General. You were a founding signatory of the UN Principles of Sustainable Banking. You were the first Irish-located bank to sign up to those principles. And I recall that was a big moment within the UN and the General Assembly week because from the UN Secretary General and his colleagues down, it was the first time they managed to get such a powerful group of individuals in a room that represented such a strong amount of capital that actually can be used to decarbonize economies like Ireland, but fundamentally, collectively, can help achieve the Paris Agreement and the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So it was great to see the leadership of AIB being the first Irish bank to sign up to that. If I can call and move on, to the next part because I suppose the key thing is what I'm hearing from you it's we're keeping at this agenda Stephen this is where we are in terms of product this is the ethos in terms of why we want to do this and from that leadership seat that you're within that you're, you're driving it when you look out into the wider market in a COVID world and a lot of people a lot of possible clients of yours have, have taken this hit in terms of the economy and the economy uh, stalling per se how given that they may have other priorities how can you best work with them to re-engage on this agenda or even other stakeholders maybe that, as you said, from a, from a digital agenda, from a, a flexible working, but also a sustainability, there are probably in your thought process now saying there are other people we may need to engage with now on this agenda going forward. Could you give me a sense of that, please, Colin? I'd just be curious on that. Yeah, I, I, I made it very clear from the start that we didn't want to have a local copyright on the sustainability label, should we say. Uh, I'm very conscious of the fact that we are but one player um, and that we need uh, to have a very high degree of cooperation across the economy uh, as we push forward on this on, on this agenda. The next few months and quarters and years are going to be about rebuilding our economy. Investment is going to play a really, really important part as we set out on the task of restoring the economy to good health. And it is vitally important, in my view, that as we rebuild the economy, we are deeply conscious of, of, the, of the centrality of the sustainability agenda and in, ensure that what we are doing by way of investment, which is needed now, takes account of the sustainability agenda. This is all about a partnership approach. We, we put out the strapline on this, uh, we need to do more, which is yes. code for we're not going to be able to do it by ourselves. And it is abundantly clear to me and every inside in the institution here that we're going to have to work with others industry, finance, regulation, government, we all need to be aligned on the challenge to ensure that sustainability inputs are considered in a balance achieved uh, that drives the agenda. And you know, we can't use COVID as an excuse not to push forward. If anything, it accentuates the need for us to address this and address it as quickly as possible. But I do think that I, I genuinely believe that we're, you're, 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 you're dealing with fertile ground now. I think that the, the psychological impact and the societal impact of COVID has upped the ante in terms of the prioritization of environmentalism in all our lives and the prioritization of health and vigor in all our lives. And I don't believe that what we perceive as normal on the 29th of February will ever again be normal. I think this is going to lead to a sea change. And it's a sea change which will be beneficial to the agenda that both you and I care so deeply about. Colin, if, if I may look to the future, if I can maybe take it up out of the, the institution of AIB and look from a, from a national perspective. 
from your perspective and, and given everything you just said, the prioritization of ESG matters. The prioritization of ESG is an agenda. And as you said, actually doing something about it, meaningful. What role do you see within that in terms of building Ireland's reputation from a financial services sector post-COVID-19? I think it's broader than simply financial services, to be honest with you. I think we can be a standout in terms of the role that green energy plays, the role of sustainability, the role of sustainable transport, the role of sustainable housing. And, you know, obviously the construction sector has had a setback and we're not going to build the number of houses that we hope to build this year. But I do think that as this agenda moves more and more to the centre, we've got to ensure that we address the key challenges out there in relation to energy generation, in relation to transport, in relation to housing efficiency as priorities. And that we be seen as a beacon to the rest of the European Union that, and, indeed the, and do the broader world as a country that is pushing sustainability and the environmental agenda at the very centre of its COVID recovery. And this is very much chiming with what the European Union and the European Commission is talking about. But we're a small country. We've got, unlike many other countries in the European Union, we have a huge house building programme that has to be filled over the course of the next number of years. We've got a great opportunity in relation to energy, particularly particularly because of the, the bounteous wind resource that we have. And we also have an opportunity now to have it to make a step change in how we how we deal with transport. I think that we should aspire to become a leading exponent of sustainability right the way throughout the European Union. I think that it will stand us in good stead, not only because of its environmental impact, but also because it is increasingly going to be something that's demanded by international investors, and it will further underpin the credentials that this country has as an attractive location for international capital. Colin, if I look also in terms of pre-COVID, we were looking at the potential impact of Brexit. We haven't seen Brexit, for obvious reasons, appear on the agenda since the 29th of February. In terms of looking out to the future, do you think Brexit, because it hasn't gone away, will it you know, will it hinder the sustainability agenda, please, Colin? I, I don't think so. It hasn't gone away. You're quite right. There is a uh, very severe risk that as we come to terms with grappling with, with, with COVID and as we emerge from the health emergency in coming months, that we will then be faced with uh, a hard Brexit staring us in the face. That can't be used, uh, it shouldn't in any way derail or um, erode the importance we subscribe uh, or the importance that we give the sustainability agenda. It's amazing, you know, we were very well placed to manage the impact of Brexit across our our, our customer base. Uh, Those supports are still in place. The expected impact of Brexit on the economy has now been dwarfed by by the the reality of of COVID. Uh, None of us want a hard Brexit to come at the end of this year. But it, but if it does, it, it will not in any way, in my view, hinder the sustainability agenda. I don't think it's going to have an impact, good, bad or indifferent, in terms of the importance of the agenda. In terms of looking out to the future, where do you hope to see AIB and the ESG agenda in the future, please? We've introduced a fifth pillar to our strategy. We've put sustainable communities in there. So this uh, as, as a very, very important driver of our overall strategy. We want to be seen to be a very responsible uh, partner in accelerating the decarbonisation of our economy, in supporting our customers as they move to a lower carbon Ireland, uh, in being innovative as we reimagine the economy of the future. And we're probably reimagining it now in ways that 10 weeks ago were 
never deemed to be, would never have been regarded as being relevant. But we, we, we have an opportunity now to reimagine it in a way far more fundamental than was the case on the 1st of January. I think that AIB has the desire and it has the ability and the funding to make a material difference to this agenda in this country and further afield. And we are determined to play our role to the absolute max. Thank you, Colin. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I really appreciate your time you've given us today. Look into the future. Safe Ireland, this is the first of our podcast series with more to follow. And if you found today interesting and insightful, please do subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from and it will be available.